This episode is proudly brought to you by California Cryobank, the nation's number one sperm bank. Use code QueerFam for a free level two subscription to their donor catalog and make those babies, y'all. Make those babies. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast. Podcast. It's a bonus episode, y'all, and this is the show all about family, but with gay. <laughs> the show whose mission is to uplift, highlight, normalize, and celebrate LGBTQIA plus families in all of our beautiful identities, because you know what? We deserve it, and not enough people do it. So I'm here trying to lift y'all up and show the world how gorgeous we are. Are And this episode does not dis- disappoint on that. In this bonus episode, I had the pleasure a while back of being interviewed on a little podcast called Gaytriarchs. And the hosts, Gavin and David, are two gay dads. They're not together. They're just gay dads and friends. And they just sit down and just kind of like chat about parenting as queer people up in these straight streets, so to speak. <laughs> um, there's a lot, they have, it's, it's full of laughter. It's a fun show. Um, and when I sat down with them, we talked about all things parenting and being queer and all the stuff that goes with it. And we had a lot of laughs. So I really think you're going to love this little bonus episode that I'm throwing at you. But before I roll the tape or before Helen rolls the tape, I'm going to talk about something that has been bugging me lately. You know, as you all know, I've been working really hard to monetize this show. And I still, everything I make on this show, including all of you lovely, beautiful Patreoners who support it out of your own pockets, um, goes right back into producing the show. I don't put any money in my pocket from this show. People tell me I shouldn't tell folks that, but it's true. And I don't. And I do this because I love it and because I believe in it wholeheartedly. Would I like to make money doing it? Hell yes, but I'm not there yet. I get a lot of outreach from PR agents. (laughs) So this is clearly like these agents are reaching out to me on behalf of their clients who have paid them to reach out to me to come on my show because they want to get in front of my, I'm assuming, mainly queer audience of parents or hopeful parents. Um, and so it's all, you know, it's always clients that, that could align with us. And, you know, a lot of times they're not gay a lot of times and they want to like push their products. And when I say, you know, oh, well, you're, you're not really a great fit because we like to make sure our guests identify as LGBTQIA or our strong allies, you know, But, you know, we do have sponsorship rates. Please feel free to take a look at them. Please feel free to sponsor us in any way. Uh, We can work with you. And 20 times out of 20, I uh, hear back, oh, they don't have a budget. But they are paying a PR agent. They are paying. So anyway, this is just my long-winded way. I'm like annoyed. I'm annoyed. I'm so annoyed. This one woman like pretended she was going to sponsor the show and had me get a meeting with her and then had the nerve to say, oh, I just want to be on your show or I want to collaborate with you. Like free, they want free advertising. And I'm not going to do that. I feel very strongly about protecting my audience, protecting all of you who tune in time after time again, because you want to hear these stories, not because you want to hear about, you know, I'm not even going to say what the companies are because I don't want to give them airtime. But 
it's like, it feels gross to me. It feels gross. And then when I say, oh, you can sponsor the show, and then I'll happily talk about how you're supporting the LGBTQIA community, and you're helping something that is really trying to sustain and help this community thrive. That's huge. They never want to do it, though. So I'm feeling some type of way, as the kids say. I'm feeling mighty salty about that, and I don't understand why... It is so hard to get real sponsorships. Like, put your money where your mouth is. Come on, folks, let's go. And I'm telling y'all this because I feel like you're my friends. And so I hope this, this doesn't come off as gross or I, I hope I don't, I'm, it's not off putting to you, but uh, it, it just from, you know, one queer lady out here trying to make a difference to all of you. These are the struggles and it's annoying. I even texted my good friend, Rosie O'Donnell. I have her number and I text her a lot. Sometimes she texts me back, <laughs> but I even texted her and I was like, how do you do this business? How do you do it in this business? And she actually wrote me back. She said, it is really frustrating. You're right. So even Rosie O'Donnell says it's frustrating, not for the same reasons, because that's all. Then I wrote another text and she didn't respond to that one. <laughs> so like BFFs, like full real BFFs, me and Rosie. Not really. I wish. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. If y'all know of any brands that really, really do have advertising funds and they want to show up for the queer community in an authentic way, send them my way. Could you? Would you? Please? Because <laughs> I need a sponsor for next season now. And don't forget, you can always join Patreon. Now, probably I'm going to lose a lot of Patreoners because of bitching about the lack of money, but I appreciate all of you who do give what you can. It means the world to me. And if you want to support me yourselves, you have a little extra change in your pockets, you can go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast and um, support me there. I hate asking y'all for money though. I really do. So as soon as I don't have to, I won't. <laughs> anymore. Before I roll the tape, don't forget California Cryobank. The code is not going to be working for much longer. So you're going to use code QueerFam to um, go buy yourself some sperm if you're in the market for sperm. <laughs> if you want to make some babies the gay way, or if you just want to buy some sperm, I don't know. Who am I to judge? Um, they are the number one sperm bank in the US. They ship to over 40 countries. And for the past 40 years and counting, they have helped tens of thousands of LGBTQIA plus folks build the families of their dreams, including myself, including many folks who've been on this show. So, and they also do have one of the most diverse selections of sperm donors uh, out there, which is really also very important. You're going to go to cryobank.com. You're going to use code QueerFam, and you're going to get a free level two subscription to their donor catalog, where you can see all the information about the donors. And you can also use that code QueerFam for a discount on a level three subscription, which gives you even more information about the donors. So if you're really serious about this and, and if you've been thinking, oh, I should do it, I should do it, I should, I should use that code, I should start doing this, now's your call. Do it now because I'm not going to have this code much longer. Anyway, I love y'all. I'm going to have Helen and Nicole and Beulah roll the tape of the Gatriarchs. I hope you enjoy it. Have some laughs and um, just a couple more weeks before season 16 begins. Y'all get ready because we got some good episodes coming at you.
really good ones. Okay. I love you. Thank you for tuning in. And I'm sorry I, I vented so much, but I had to get it off my chest. Now I feel much better. I'm still salty, but I'm feeling a little better. All right, Helen Beulah, Nicole, roll that tape, please. <laughs> Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. So this week, the the top... So this week, the list is... So this week, take a breath, take a a shot of coffee. (laughs) So this, (sighs) and this is Gatrix. So recently, I was adulting, adulting hard. I went to a conference that was unrelated to parenting and unrelated uh-huh. unrelated to being gay, frankly, although it was arts advocacy. So, you know, that's pretty gay. <laughs> gay yeah. adjacent. Actually, yeah. I would say that the percentage of breeders to not breeders was actually pretty balanced. But anyway, we might have to change is- that. We might have to change our slur for straight people because not a lot of straight people are not having kids anymore. They're not interested. True. So we got to figure out another way to disparage an entire community of people. <laughs> Work on that, okay? No offense, straights. <laughs> anyway, so I was at a dinner, and um, of course, uh, we were we were all kind of like trying not to talk about work, and then of course, the people who are parents find each other and start talking about parenting, complaining about their children. Yeah, and then the rest of the table is like, oh god, mm-hmm. parents talking mm-hmm. about the kids, right? So anyway, my daughter was having a birthday coming up soon. And I was talking about how um, our birthday party was to go to the mall to let the girls walk around like preteens with, and the request was to have my cell phone and my Starbucks in hand. Mm -hmm. And um, and they were looking like straight out of the poster of Mean Girls. I'll come back to the birthday party another time, frankly. But it was highly consumerist and capitalist. Your favorite. Anyway, my, my two favorite things being the anti-capitalist that I sometimes am. So anyway, point being, I'm sitting there talking to this woman who said, you know what, in our neighbor, she had a seven-year-old. In our um, community, we've all um, agreed not to give gifts at birthday parties. And mm-hmm. I'm like, excuse me? She said, yeah, um, we just, we don't, we we have a book exchange instead at birthday parties. I'm like, what utopian communist mm-hmm. commune mm-hmm. in the middle of California are you living in? She's like, Well, I mean, outside of Boston, I'm like, okay, that, right, that fits. And she said, I'm like, did you start this? She said, no, it's been going on for years. We just don't do gifts. I'm like, that, I I, I, I wish I had thought about this. And I wish I were part of this community. That's for sure. I'm amazed by it. Like, do you think you could get away with that? I, we tried it with our son's second birthday. We said, uh, with the invites, when they said, when they confirmed, we said, great, no gifts are allowed. Please just bring yourself. About talked, 50% yeah. of the people brought gifts, and it yeah. is suffocating. Yeah. But but the, it it does feel like the expectations are there. Like the kids grow up knowing that they get gifts for their birthday, right? I mean, yeah. but we have talked about in the past that like it would be so much better if everybody just gave me $15 and then we had enough money to buy a, a swing set or something. Sure. But anyway, yeah. so then this woman went on to make me feel like an asshole, a consumerist capitalist pig when she's like, well, we um, set up for my children – they're allowed to ask for four things, something they need, something they want, something to read, and something that they can wear. And I'm like, if you saw my kids' my kids' birthday list, where she's like, 
as the list unrolls mm-hmm. and hits the ground and rolls across the kitchen floor. Yeah. I mean, damn, I went off the rails way too early. And I hope that somebody out there like you, David, and the, the generations of your ilk of children mm-hmm. can change this because it needs to change. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally into it. So this morning, I just had one of those. So I, I spent the weekend in Florida um, with my son. And we had this just daddy-son trip. And it was so fun. And we went that to must grandma's house. Fun. It was so yeah. fun. It was. I, I was a little nervous. I was like, he's going to be an asshole on the plane. It's just me. He was fucking awesome. Now, to be fair, he had an, an iPad. An iPad. Time. Right. But it was just great. We went and did all these really boring adult things. My mom is moving. And so we got to do a lot of different things. And he was awesome. Anyway, the long story short is... Whenever we have these weekends that are really fun, it was a four-day weekend. It was all, it was just us. It was the best. That first day back at school. Oh, yeah. Drop-off is not yeah. cute. And I very much subscribe to, because of my experience, that when your kid is having a hard drop-off, staying longer, more hugs, more coddling just makes the problem worse. And it's oh, yeah, better dude. just to rip the Band-Aid off. You knew that. I know. So... I'm just saying, I'm bringing it up because this morning <laughs> I'm dropping him off. We had this amazing four day weekend and I can feel it in the air. I can just sense it's going to go bad. So we put him down and he's just like attached to my legs. And what I have to do, and it's just the worst feeling in the world, oh. is I have to push him off oh, no. of me <laughs> and have... shut the door as I'm pushing him back <laughs> through the door as he's sobbing, Daddy, I want to be with you. Daddy, please don't leave me. Let me come home with you. And you're... then he said, screaming through the door, Daddy, I miss you. <laughs> and like, what a fucking psychopath. Because not a psychopath, you a are. sociopath. No, he's a they, sociopath. Because okay. he's fucking with my mind. Because right. that, that's hard to leave. But that's, there's no other way. Me staying and hugging him yeah. is not going to make him calmer. So I literally yeah. have to like peel him off of me. And like underwear. Him. Like yeah. you're, you're pulling your feet out of underwear. Correct. And so that was a really, <laughs> that just never feels good at all. But um. Yeah, and anyway. you know, two seconds later, he was fine, right? Hopefully. Oh, no, 100%. But it just it doesn't feel good to like push your son by his face back through the door that you're trying to lock so you can leave and go to Starbucks instead of raise your own child. <laughs> Listen, I have a an episode of Gatriarchs I need to go record, buddy. Yeah. So, And it's going to pay for your college. So yeah. get the fuck off me. Yeah, we've lost thousands of dollars on this thing. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, do you want to do your... Oh, yes, it is time for the top three list. Gatriarchs, top three list, three, two, one. <gasps> Those dulcet tones, huh? <laughs> so this week's top three list is the three things you hope your kid fails at. That's mean. Uh, but I mean, it's totally self-serving, I suppose. And this might, unfortunately, it has a funny title, but I think I'm going to be disgustingly sincere oh, when Jesus. I say number go. three is I hope my kid fails at being a dick (laughs) just don't be a dick right just like can we just not be a dick right now we have a lot of dickishness that's going on in the Mm -hmm. house and i'm like can we just fail at this and move on Mm -hmm. number two being popular (laughs) i want you to fail Mm -hmm. at being popular because nothing good comes from being the popular kid you know you need to suffer a little bit right uh number one basketball please just don't be good at basketball because i don't want to have to watch it that's the sport that has traumatized me my entire life because everybody said oh you're tall so you must be good at basketball at a very young age and i'm Mm -hmm. like at nine i was like fuck you i'm terrible at basketball and now i hate it because you make me feel 
less than for being bad at basketball. So man, being I tall has been just a, a curse for you. I mean, it's just it's just <laughs> been such a trauma in your life. <laughs> so I hope my kids fail at basketball. What about you? What do you hope I, your kids fail at? We have a little bit of overlap because number three for me is being a bully, uh, okay. uh, right. uh, which is kind of like being a dick because yeah. I think they need to try. But I need to see them fail and realize that that doesn't yeah. benefit you at all. Oh, in um, all of these cases, I want them to try, and yeah. I hope they fail. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, number two, I want him to fail at something he really loves. Oh. And I bring that up because I very much wanted to be an, an actor. And when I went to college, I went to um, a very well-known college for theater. And I auditioned for their program, and I didn't get in twice mm, and him. the good thing about that i mean listen it sucked but the good thing about it was i kept going and just because i kept going proved that i really 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 wanted it so mm -hmm. if he fails at something and he doesn't go back to it i'm like well he didn't really like it yeah. so yeah. i think him failing at something he really loves good. um and number one for me i hope my kid fails at coming for me do you know what i mean <laughs> coming for the king yeah. when he tries to outsmart me that like what it was like 13 yeah. 14 whatever like yeah boys just want to like destroy their fathers mm -hmm. i want him to fail because i always want to be top dog i have yeah, no dude. interest in passing the torch to never anybody. this nope. is my house i pay yes. the bills and until i'm yes. dead then you can be the king you can take my toxic masculinity <laughs> out of my cold dead gay hand um all right so next week yeah. let's go back to babies listen i i have a 20 month old but i don't that's not a baby anymore i have no Ooh, babies we don't have babies yeah. anymore but let's mm -hmm. go back to babies a lot of a lot of dads have babies and let's go back to the top three baby products that are garbage oh all right top three baby products that are garbage <laughs> i do you think it's helpful that i repeated that <laughs> All right, our next guest is a mom. She's a dancer, a voice actor, and the host of our new favorite show, The Queer Family Podcast, which has a mission to normalize, elevate, and celebrate LGBTQ families. Now, it is basically if we were classy and eloquent and smart all. and thoughtful <laughs> yep. with like a little bit more lesbian than we have. And uh, please. Yeah, yes. please welcome to our show, Gatriarchs, Jamie Kelton. Welcome Jamie. to the yeah. show. Welcome. Hi, David and Gavin. I'm so happy to be here. And I love that you you keep saying that my show is classy, yet mm -hmm. you just had a whole monologue prepared about my show. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do that for yours, the episode. Uh, that's I did. true. <laughs> but that's you did true. plug our show right at the top, so we do want to say it once again, over and over and over again. <laughs> Queer Family Podcast. Jamie's like, you're like um, the, the uh, you're, 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 what is it? Oh, the I, madam. The, the madam of the gay podcasting I like that, family world. I was thinking like grandma for a second, but. You know what? Well, you I was avoiding saying You could be a gilf. That. You could I be a gilf. <laughs> You know. I didn't want okay. to make you feel old, but that. you will be a gilf, no doubt. I don't know what that means. Yeah. What is that? Gra Girls? Grandma, I'd like to fuck. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know. Just a I... reminder, you're on our show now where we talk disgusting. I know gilf like, because also, I just listened to yes. that episode. So right. I know uh -huh. what that means. Wasn't she fascinating? I, I well, I didn't get to her. I just listened to your intro to be completely oh, okay. honest. I haven't gotten that's to her right. yet. Um, because I really into your I like your intros, so that's fun. I like hearing about the parenting and the crazy. Well, we can't wait to get corporate sponsorship from Disney thanks to Dilfs of Disneyland. But um get the, on it. The, 
Yeah, <laughs> but the gilf uh, factor, I mean, uh, yeah. hey, we all aspire to be a gilf at some point. So uh, Yeah, um, come on now. But 100%. I'm not, let's be clear. I just want to be 100% clear with your audience. I am not a grandma. I'm not no. that old. No. Like, am I She's old? young and beautiful. She's young. <laughs> she's the young youngest of the three of us, to be I don't honest. Think so. No. I don't yeah, think I'm sure true. you are. But we're also super ageist here. And by we, I mean David, who Very. constantly gives me shit constantly. for my age, which is not that old. He's literally four older years now. older than me, but I talk about him growing up in the 1800s all the yes. time. Yeah. And, and for, for transparency, for those of you listening, we literally just now finished recording our interview yep. for her show, and we were trying to be buttoned up. But I could just see in Jamie's face as we were recording, she was so desperate to be on our show where she could take her bra off and just let it it's all hang out. It's already off. Yeah. But it's so funny because it's not... Not buttoned up over there, um, nor is it classy. So I appreciate you saying that, but um, yeah. it's pretty much it's pretty much flying we by pretend. the seat of our pants, just to so, uplift and highlight our beautiful effed up families. Like yes. we're all ruining our kids. We are mm-hmm. all doing that, just not for the gay reason, and that's the point. Yeah, <laughs> it's in all in our own special, special ways. So, um, for those of you who are listening who don't know, she you host a podcast called the Queer Family Podcast, which we were talking about was at the time, six years ago when you started it, was the first gay family kind of podcast yeah. that existed. And now, in, in a good way, there are more, right? There's us, there's mm-hmm. you guys, which I honestly think are the top ones. The mm-hmm. other ones are fine or great, but they don't, they're don't. they not consistent, right? They're not right. Po- posting every week. And you see the kind of shell remnants of people who maybe tried to do one and then they just stopped posting or whatever. Yeah, well, Detritus on the first... side of the highway. Yeah, no. when we first started, there were a couple others who had cute names and stuff, and I was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, but they just mm-hmm. really quickly fizzled out because it is a lot of work. It really it is. It is so much work. You're booking a guest every week. I know your yeah. show, you have guests every week. You have to mm-hmm. prepare stuff. There's money hosting. Anyway, who cares about that? We're <laughs> excited to have you on our show, and you are a mom and a lesbian, so tell us I everything. Am. So tell us how you became not a lesbian. We know how you became a lesbian. Um, <laughs> Although how did that, you become- that might be a yeah. good story, too. That's true. <laughs> So, How did you so become a mom? Oh, God. Well, I always wanted to be a mom. I did. And um, being gay never, like, deterred me from that. I always knew mm-hmm. I would be a mom, figure it out somehow. Um, and when I met my wife, like, it was supposed to – so I had been in this, like, long-distance seven-year relationship – not long-distance, long-term – why did I say long-distance? Mm-hmm. Long-term seven-year Emotionally rel- distant. Yeah. Long-term. <laughs> we yeah, were actually yeah. great. She was a stage manager. We were like, you know, we toured oh. together. Um, you know, that old story. Uh, yeah. Uh, I was going to say this is – I see cliches yep. coming out all over the place. And you yeah. were on the road and you bought a Subaru. Yeah, it was no. a, the first. It was a bus and truck tour, and we drove the set van. Oh yeah, we we were oh, we were like lesbian cute. in it up, and we were like oh, secret. Man. Yeah, so I was with her, Sarah, for um, uh, seven years, and uh, we broke up. Um, it was an amicable break, amicable mm-hmm. breakup, but um, yeah. I was like kind of on a rebound. I was like, let's let me try some things out. Let me have fun. I'm gonna have a little fun. I met yeah. Anne at a pride party. My wife. Um, and she was supposed to be a one night stand. Like I was excited. Oh. Let's do this. Here that we go. That old story. And then bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And then like that old story of the U-Haul, the U-Haul. situation really yep. did happen. <laughs> it right was up. like by the time morning came, it was a done deal. It was a done deal. A U-Haul wow. and six That's cats and we're ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And that night 
the long night, the the long beautiful night through the night. Uh-huh. Uh, we asked each other, like that conversation came up. Do you want kids? And mm-hmm. um, like that's how early on we start this shit, right? Yeah. Um, and her response was actually, well, I think it's 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 too late for me because she's seven years older than me. I was thirty; she mm-hmm. was thirty-seven, so she was not correct in that assumption. Um, so I had to do a little bit of convincing, but it didn't take much actually. And so we always knew we wanted to have kids. And then we toyed with the idea of using a known donor because um, mm-hmm. we even had a friend, my gay actor friend, as you do, um, uh-huh. who we would ask who, you know, we were really, really thinking about. Um, and then in the end just decided because it just would be too complicated. We'd have to get a lawyer and make sure everything was buttoned up. And we just yeah. decided, you know what, let's do what our best friends did and use an anonymous sperm bank. Um, use a don't use a sperm bank, get the donor, and do it that way. So, she um, the plan was always that she was going to have. I mean, I was always God, Jamie. I'm messing up my own story. Have the you plan, been drinking? It's <laughs> it's ten forty nine a.m. You don't so. know what's in. You don't know what's in this know. Starbucks <laughs> coffee cup. Um, no, the plan was always that I was going to carry, mm-hmm. and then literally like the week after our wedding, we're sitting in a bar. Having beers like self-respecting lesbians do. Mm-hmm. Coors and, Light in a can, I imagine. Yeah, no mm-hmm. IPA. Actually, no. She was in okay. on on Stella's back then. Anyway, uh. um, the funny thing is, I know like her, like I I gauge years by the beers my wife was drinking at that time, which is very lesbianish <laughs> too. I think. Um, what was that? You're Gavin? muted, Gavin. He's muted. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin is logging into his AOL address right now. <laughs> <laughs> I coughed a second ago and I was being very respectable, but I, I think nice. I had many funny quips over the last seven minutes that I've been muted. It's apparently. amazing how the it. funniest parts of him are always when he's muted. It's so bizarre <laughs> that works that way. But I am curious what beer chapter of beeriness are you on right now, both of you? Well, she's an IPA. We both love IPAs. Okay. Um, you know, we're bougie like that. And yeah. Uh, I'll drink any IPA you put in front of me. I'm more of a wine drinker too because I'm bougie like that. Uh-oh. But um, and beers I have, you know, when I've had too much wine. So uh, <laughs> uh, she's drinking a certain brand that I can't think of the name of. It's an orange can. That's all right. I just know that. If you could think of it, can. maybe we could get some corporate sponsorship as far we as that goes. We should do that. Right? Yeah, but- we should. I should think of it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're at the bar yeah. and 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 she, and she says, says and she says, "You know what? I think I want to carry too." I do her like she's the most New York accent. I was about to say, is she from like Staten Island? She's Where is from she from? She's from Queens and she gets uh, mad. Right. There it is. And she gets so mad about my impression of her, but it's kind of almost sort of that way, but not really. Okay. I wait I what's, do her way up, but What's her yeah. impression of you? Yeah. She doesn't do impressions. She's in uh, education. She's a she stage manager. Do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, she no, that was the last. That, sorry, that was, that, that was the last. One. Yeah, but she didn't do impressions either. I, 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 I like right. the dry. I have. I go for the dry types. Um, Got it. Though she's hilarious, but she doesn't do impressions. Mm-hmm. She said, "You know, I think I want to carry too," and that put a wrench in the plans because she's uh-huh. older. Like she's thirty-eight. She's thirty-nine, mm-hmm. forty. No, she was forty-one at this point. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Well, shit." Now we have to do this. Now, and I wasn't ready. My career was popping. And by popping, I mean I was like working in um, regional theaters regularly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's popping. Like, yeah. And that, I was like, this huh. is not the time. I'm not ready for this. Yeah. Um, 
And there's an means- ensemble of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at North Carolina Theater. I exactly. got to be in. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I had two shows lined up already. I, like it was, it was anyway, it was tough, but, uh, you know, and then we had to start right away. And also this means we're having two because I'm, ha- I'm carrying a child. So mm-hmm. everything got changed so quickly. Um, and then I was so afraid of not having a biological connection. I made her like basically write a contract that she wouldn't change her mind that we were having to, okay. no matter how hard it got. Like, ba- yeah. yeah, I got a little cray cray, a mm-hmm. little bit. Mm-hmm. Come to find out that connection doesn't really matter, but mm-hmm. I didn't know it <laughs> at the time. Um, and then, you know, she got pregnant, IVF, I got pregnant. And then when it was my turn, I had a lot of um, infertility. It took me two and a half years. We had no Mm. idea it was going to take so long. And then that's why the podcast was born, because I was looking for um, stories like mine. I was looking to hear my story mirrored back to me, and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I thought, surely there's a podcast about families Mm -hmm. like ours, because there's a podcast about freaking everything, even seven years ago. Uh Um, And there wasn't. And I was shocked. And I just kept saying, somebody has to make this show somebody has to do this and then finally i was like oh duh i have to make this show (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so let me make the show and then i did and then it turns out a lot of other people wanted to hear their stories mirrored back to them as well your show does a great job of reminding us all that it is frankly a fucking miracle that any of us are here and there are so many challenges and especially in queer families we think i mean david i don't know if you felt this way but we thought we had everything under control and there were so many completely random things that were thrown our way that you're reminded like oh i just need to take a chill pill and take a step back and you know it it, it, you get the kid that you are supposed to have but you're gonna have a lot of detours along the way parenting is in general is just out of control then you add the queer aspect to it and Mm -hmm. then you know then it's it's so out of our hands the control yeah yeah it's the same as regular parenting just more like mariah mariah carey and Uh like maybe some more like lisa loeb for you i don't know what what is Uh, a uh, nice i mean my daughter knows 32 flavors you know she can sing it yeah a little ani a little um you know because i'm an i'm a 90s lesbian indigo girls indigo nice oh yeah Yeah. indigo girls yeah Annie DeFranco, Tracy Chapman, you know. Oh, when, what do we I, I think about the re the reboot of that song? I liked it. I liked Did you it. like it? I liked oh. it because I just love that song so much. It, yeah. it is a fantastic a song. God, I hope it's Tracy Chapman is making millions off. Oh, of the she reboot. better be right. She better. I bet she isn't though. But that that was something we were talking about with after. my husband upstairs, literally during dinner. I was talking about how. The, you, the the moment you choose to ingest all the craziness and the moment you try to let it wash over you. And you always say like when two kids are crying and reaching for you and mm. screaming and shitting and doing all the things, you're always like, I'm just going to let it wash over me. I'm just going to laugh. I'm going to think about myself at 80 years old, wishing I had this moment back. And then there's the times you physically cannot Never, manipulate that back uh, and no. you just ingest everything. And you're like, I'm going to push you off a bridge uh-huh. like i don't know what to, to mm-hmm. tell you that was last night but to me my new my new the new thing that makes me crazy is when the kids are like i'm hungry for breakfast i'm hungry for a snack oh, i'm hungry for it's like great i will make you anything you want i want tell me what sandwich. you want fantastic yeah I, this is not how it goes but i'm like great i'll get the bread and the peanut butter i want it yeah i, I i'm <laughs> making it for you now i want my sandwich yeah. i said i'm Physically making you the sandwich now. <laughs> if you don't shut up, I'm going to hand you to Penny, yeah. our mail carrier, and she's going to take you to somebody else's house there because I can't okay. do this anymore. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. yeah. No, it's no. they they do that. They take you mm-hmm. there. They sure do. Now, I am curious in all of the interviews that you have done, you it is not just a lesbian focused uh, a podcast. Obviously, you have lots of queer families of all kinds. I am curious over the years that you've been doing this. Mm-hmm. What can you say is the difference between gay dads and lesbian moms? Ooh, okay. good question. You want to know my superficial answer that yeah. is all the stereotypes. We're gay, um, so we're all about superficiality. We so love stereotypes. Like, yeah, um, marginalization. The, we love listen, it. Listen, the lesbians' kids are a hot-looking mess, and the gay kids are much more buttoned up and, <sighs> and quaffed. Now, that is a very stereotypical- yeah. You know, and it's um, superficial and it's so fucking true. Like, it's true. And I, I am a little more lesbian in that. Like, I'll just grab whatever's on top in the drawer and put it on them. I don't even match it. My husband <laughs> is like matching bows uh-huh. and shoes. You know, like, I, so yeah, you're right. Especially, Stereotypes are real. Especially the, the girl children or the, you know, the children that uh-huh. are identified as female at birth. Let's, yeah. And, and they're still living that female life. Thank uh, you. Especially them. They are really put together in your gay household. And my uh-huh. daughter, like we, there's this one thing, there's this one story we still tell me and Anne because when Rose, our daughter was like two, she was in swim class at the YMCA, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this other gay family, but it was gay dads and mm-hmm. they had their daughter. So it was our two daughters, same age, you mm-hmm. know, and <laughs> they would go into the guy's dressing room after the class and we'd go into the ladies and we'd always see each other walking out and I kid you not our child would come out of that dressing room like pants on backwards hair all (laughs) crazy not brushed still wet like just Mm -hmm. a hot maybe had shoes on I don't know you know and their little girl would have the ribbon like the hair was done I swear to God, the child probably had makeup on. Like in mm-hmm. the most beautiful, like they were going to brunch right after and we were going to, I don't know where the hell. <laughs> well, we, we were likely going to brunch afterwards. <laughs> we, were hiking, we were going hiking. Yeah. yeah, we were going hiking. But yeah, and it's, it's we joke about that to this day because it was like yeah. night and day the way we put our kids together. <laughs> and then do mess. you do you feel like it, going with those cliches though, does that mean that sometimes lesbian parents are able to what? I relate to their sons, their male presenting super masculine kids more or any less or I mean. No, that's one of my things. Well, I'm not because I'm super feminine and um, I really do care about how I look and <laughs> how everybody uh-huh. looks. I just don't, I I don't take the time with my kids, I guess. Like I, maybe I'm too selfish and I just put all the energy into me. I don't know. But mm-hmm. no, this is one of my things, you know, when you're in a two mom house and you have a little boy um mm-hmm. uh, it's um no i feel like i feel like i am gonna do him a disservice at every turn honestly yeah. like mm-hmm. i second yeah. guess my parenting all the time because yeah. i'm not a guy and yeah. there's a lot of things there's a lot of things that go into raising boys there and is and a- and also did you feel what I felt having a girl when you had your boy where you were nervous about the genitalia because I and I was so embarrassed and ashamed to say oh. it and I, I I could barely say it to my husband but when we were like we're having a girl I was literally like I'm afraid where do I why I don't know 
and I may have minimal experience from high school and I, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> shout out to my high school girlfriends, but like I was literally nervous about the genitalia, but I didn't feel comfortable even asking the nurses because I was so embarrassed and ashamed. Did you feel that way at all? And you don't want to be a cliche. They're going to be yeah. like, of course, of you know, course nothing. You and know. you're like, yeah. you want to overcome that. But and yeah, of course, Jamie, now right. three diaper changes later, I'm like, I got it. I'm, right. I'm a, I'm a vaginal expert, but like, uh, what was this I'm something a, that you I'm not a penile about? expert in any way. And, okay. um, uh, no. Okay. Well, there, I had a lot of feelings. First of all, when I found out I was pregnant with a boy, I mourned. I was so upset. Oh, I was interesting. pissed. I'm very candid about this too. Like, yeah. it sounds awful, but I was mm-hmm. like, I thought I wasn't going to love this baby. Honestly, yeah. like that sounds so yeah. fucked up. No, um, but it's helpful yeah. to know because we all can can have those feelings. There are yeah. times that I thought I don't love my child enough and, um, and mm-hmm. it's normal to feel yeah. that way. Yeah. I was, I mean, I think I'm so... I have issues with masculinity. I have, you know, uh, with toxic masculinity. And, the, and sure. a lot of times that's the soup we're living in. Um, I have issues with all that shit. So I had a lot of feelings that I had to work through in pregnancy all the way up to the point where when I was giving birth, I was still very scared. Like, am wow. I going to connect to this person? Obviously mm-hmm. I have. And he is yeah. the light of my life. They both are. Mm-hmm. But like, sure. The feelings, whoo, it was deep, yeah. child. It was deep. And then uh-huh. um, and then the penis stuff, I'm still grappling with penis. I don't know what, I'm like, and he took, I happen to have one of those kids that it, his hand is never off that penis. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's called a boy. I'm no, still that way, I'm 43. I swear. So, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Like, that's very relatable just, and universal. And, oh and literally this morning, I, I literally this morning, if you walked up to my kitchen right now, you would see a bunch of hair bows and hair ties all drying because my son is now in the piss anywhere he fucking wants phase. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. he, would li- he, he lies and says, I missed the toilet. But what he does is he stands on the side of the toilet and pees across it. And oh we had God. a big basket of hair bows on the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. And I hear, I'm in the, I'm in, I'm, I'm putting on the shoes of my daughter and I hear screaming from the other room like, Emmett, did you piss in Hannah's hair bow set? He goes, just a little bit. It was like a a bowl of piss. It was horrible. Okay. But like, wow. No, no, my head, my son hasn't done that yet. But also my son is, is he's five. He's almost six, but he's, he's in a house of women. So, so there's many, I have, I I have fears that I'm fucking this little boy up because first Mm -hmm. of all, he's in a house full of women. He doesn't see any of us stand to pee. So I think he came to the stand to pee game late in life, to be quite Mm -hmm. honest, you know, cause which is fine. It's not going to like screw him up for the rest of his life. He'll have to go to therapy, but that's what our job is. (laughs) Is to send him into therapy. This is like a queer conundrum thing. My son recently, so sweet but so fucked up my son recently asked me in all earnestness mom when am i gonna get a vagina oh. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> because yeah. that's all he sees right and it's funny uh-huh. and it's also like oh shit i need more men in his no life, but you know? I, I will tell you that my son literally tripped and fell the other day and said oh i hurt my vagina <laughs> and he's just repeating words he heard because he yeah. heard us say it to his sister yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it, you know but it's a learning curve and it's also this this is what goes into like being a same being same sex parents and then having a child of an the opposite yeah. gender like mm-hmm. so many questions I have. For instance, yeah. and also cleaning the penis. I, I'm like, mm-hmm. 
That's a whole. Is he family. circumcised or uncircumcised? Yes, he is. And now I feel bad that we yeah. even did that, but he is circumcised. And then, mm-hmm. like, that was a whole conversation. That was a whole a long... whole conversation. Uh, no, it, yeah. it was for it was for us. I mean, we we both we both have had boys, and it's like it it, it even for somebody who owns a penis who is yeah. circumcised. I was like, we were really grappling with it. We were like, what do we do, and what does it mean? Uh, and yeah. you're trying to balance the medical with the the social, and the, like it's it's right. it's all like we talked about on your podcast, like. Everything is a decision for gay yeah. families. Um, and it's hard. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we grappled with that. Then we ended up doing it. And then, like, the cleaning of it, you got to pull mm-hmm. it back, right? And clean mm-hmm. it. So, like, mm-hmm. do you? Or no? See, well, well I was going to say, particularly, yeah, particularly with us, when you are uncircumcised, that needs to be pulled oh. back. No, but but I think what happens time. when they're infants, it can yeah. mimic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, think, but yeah, yeah, there's listen. there's cleaning. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, I, and it's I, I and know. here's the thing. I think he's it's well not endowed. Even, I don't even know. Like this, I, I this, can um... I can tell you for as as a as a as a penis haver and as a person who has has seen penises and not afraid of them, it is still <laughs> real fucking weird to have to clean your infant child's penis. It is yeah. weird and gross yeah. and uncomfortable. It doesn't get any easier whether you're a man no. or a woman or a lesbian or gay. Yeah. Well, I have to, but I have to make him do it now, you know, in the bath. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like a whole, yep. oh, pull it, pull it back, Orion. Pull it's back a part of a process. Pull back and also, your skin. It's- but I can't stop thinking about how you're saying he has his hands on his penis all the time. And it, I think it's very important what David said is like, A, that's called being a boy. Never goes away. And, 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 and frankly, don't shame it. Like he'll grow right, out of it. And thing. it's a tough balance. It's definitely a tough balance. But because, like, yeah, sometimes it's like, you, you got to take your hand off your penis right now. Like we, this is not, you ha- like it's been This a is lot. Nana's funeral. Can you please right. take your hand off <laughs> of your some, penis? And no. so we do say it sometimes like, oh, do you have to go to the bathroom? Okay, yeah. let's let's not touch our penis now. But I'm mm-hmm. trying not to shame him, but I feel like inevitably I'm going to penis shame my poor right. boy. No, like, it, 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 it's not shaming because you're not shaming him for having your penis or wanting to touch it or pleasure anything. It's like, no. no, we are literally at a McDonald's. You cannot have your penis out. I had it's no, I, I said this, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but my, my mom was here to visit and I literally had to say out loud in front of my mom to my to my son, you can't pull your penis out in front of grandma. Like I had to say those words and, and that Pretty is not sure shaming him for doing it. I mean, it's just, it's so crazy. Now, wait um, a minute. We've been talking about body parts, but I, I, I do have a burning question that I'm bringing up also from our conversation on your podcast, which is vagina versus vulva. <laughs> Because I feel like, listen, where where <laughs> we were that? growing up, where where my kids were originally growing up, um, we were in a super progressive neighborhood, and it was very people felt a way about the terminology. But you yeah. are a uh, you're you're vagina all the way, and vulva's I'm, weird. I'm, I'm all the way vagina. I don't. I've never said vulva until the today on with you too. Yeah. I don't say vulva. Wow. That's like not a word. All right. Use. Well, vagina I don't. So, all the way. I don't this vagina. is definitely not the 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 fl- the flag we're going to start flying or anything, but I am curious to talk. I'm thank you. Yeah, it's educational for me. It's yeah. educational for me because like so my my daughter had like a special cream because she was having like a yeast infection or whatever, mm-hmm. and I she also had a cream for her face that was in a similar tube. So I Uh-oh. got a marker and I wrote Hannah face Hannah vulva. So upstairs <laughs> there is a tube that says Hannah vulva, and now I need to scratch it out and put vagina. I mean, no. you know what? When I was little, I had a nickname for it that I made up. Like it, my Uh-oh. mother was not one Can't of those. Wait. Like, let's Can't call wait. it a kiki. No, I called it a my tutu. Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I feel like that makes that sense. Works. But I made yeah. it up myself, and then my mom was like, "It's a vagina." <laughs> <laughs> so well, I'm glad she didn't shame you out of that. Yes, David, yeah. go. 
I, I was just going to say, listen, parenting sucks and is stupid and weird and gross. But so tell us about one of the things that we love about you um, is that you are also from the musical theater yeah. stock. Like you, like yeah. we have all kind of gone, kind of our tree has kind of expanded. Yeah. But like back in the day, you were a hoofer. Tell us about that. I was. I was, yeah. I was pounding, the, pounding, the, the, pounding that pavement. I was at uh-huh. those open calls. Yes, I yes, was. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up at 6 a.m. in line. Yes, I was. And you were Boston Conservatory, right? You went to the Boston, Boston Conservatory. Conservatory. Oh, you're like for real. You're and for I went, real. But I went equity uh, like the first three months in the city. So, But you uh, still had to wait in the lines for mm-hmm. equity calls too. Yeah, totally. Um, those days. It's different now, I hear. I haven't done an audition in so long, but now you get to like sign up online. They're so you pampered. Do. Yes, but the system has changed to where casting is mostly done privately in agent calls and and private calls and everything. Oh. Those those are just kind of shells of like it's it that is so not, not easy, really like back mm. in the day when we were auditioning. It was a, that was one of job. the doors you could go through. You could like, be I discovered. booked my first Broadway show yeah. in an open call in an ECC. Yeah. yeah, but then right. but but nowadays it's a little more for show because like what Wicked has their ECC, they're not pulling people from there. No, they're not. They're pulling people anyway. from there. They, you know what I mean? So um, anyway, yeah. So you're a out in the pavement and you did tours sure like I yeah did. tell us about your tour oh god i did well i started out with theater works usa that old yes. bag yes uh-huh. that's where i met my stage manager girlfriend mm-hmm. um and so we did theater works a couple times because it was just a fun life for us no doubt because um, we just you know traveled in the set van together and we were like we would like binge Ani DeFranco and Indigo Girls <laughs> yes. in our little set van, just the two of us. You know, the rest of the cast would be in the passenger van. That's like the and you were having a secret I've romance. Ever heard of in my life. Yeah, it, it was is. a secret. Uh, you were romance. having a. Yeah, yeah. It was secret. Yeah, yeah. I didn't tell anyone. I wasn't out yet. She have was you been my first? Sorry. Have you been to all fifty states by now with all of that no. theater works? Travel? No, ah. I haven't. Because theater works, all the theater works tours. I did three. Did I do mm-hmm. three or two? I did three, I think. They were all along the eastern eastern mm-hmm. coast. So we went all the way down in the south. And to- mm-hmm. uh, like I think we went as far as like – I don't know how far west we went, but we didn't get past the middle of the country. Mm. So Well, still, it's yeah. a great way to see the country though. Have fun. Yeah. 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 And then, um, you know, I did a show in Tokyo. I did a cruise ship for a couple years. Um and then I did just like a lot of regional theater, a lot of it. I never, I never uh-huh. did the Broadway, um, but it's always there. It, it's there. Uh, it, I, I fully believe I'm going to get to it someday. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's back there one day. Um, yeah, but it, it, have... theater is such a weird like Broadway is. It's it, we talk about it all the time. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful word when it comes to other things, right? Like you've been in a Broadway show. Wow. Now you're legitimate or whatever. But the people who are kind of inside the system realize that Broadway is not like a mark of talent or whatever. It is, you have to be a certain amount of talent, maybe a certain amount of experience. And then at some point you're just in this bucket and people just pull out at random. And some, I know people who have been in the business for 20 years who are more talented than anybody I've ever Mm -hmm. met in my entire life who have cannot get on Broadway. And we all know people who are currently oh. in a Broadway show who cannot sing to save their life. It's I, like, I like can't believe I it's can't not talent. I can't even go to shows. Like at this point, sometimes <laughs> I have to vet the shows I go to because mm-hmm. if, if I'm going to be sitting there pissed off, it's just not worth it for me. 
Like if I'm yeah. keep in mind, there, Gavin has done multiple Broadway shows. Zero talent, sure. not a Zero. Yeah. not a right. talented totally. bone in his body. I see that. I see no. that. Okay, Gavin. It's just all. It's all about fitting the costumes. Honestly, it that yeah. was my first gig was fitting the costumes. I am not exaggerating. No, that's true. I was almost in Apple Tree with Kristen Chenoweth to be her body double. I could see yeah. that because you because have a probably yeah exactly we're the we exact had, same height yeah. yeah and um they chose the girl with the brown hair it's it's very it's a it's a messed up world and I don't miss auditioning and I I miss performing because I stopped mm-hmm. as soon as my daughter uh my last show uh, was a chorus line um and it closed when my wife was seven months pregnant. That was my last show. I stopped mm-hmm. auditioning after that because I knew if I got a jo- job, I would want to take it and I would always include traveling because that's just my yeah. life. Yep. So I just stopped. And I don't miss that. I don't miss it. I miss performing. And every once in a while, I go to a, go to a show and the music will start and I do get that. Like mm-hmm. I get a tear in my eye for a second sure. and then I'm like, oh my God, sh- stop. This is stupid. And then I get get it back together. But yeah. Many people ask me, am I done with performing? And I always want to leave the door open to say, listen, this is something I'm going to keep my equity card. And, uh, you know, in another 20 years when I'm 107, there might be a role for a 107 year old man to, you know, yeah. come creaking onto the stage at some point. You can always come back. But yeah. speaking of like um, that assholishness of that entire messed up world, let's talk about the messed world of podcasting also, because oh, you are still performing to a certain degree. I mean, this mm-hmm. is absolutely performing, but you get to control it and you don't yeah. have to have full beat on. But what has been the best and worst of podcasting for you? And well, uh, obviously I, us, our interview was the best of your podcast. Best. It this was unique the highlight, there. Right? So let, you best. can go ahead and not say that this one. Is, yeah, next yeah this one. Yeah, this one is highlight. Yeah, listen, I love it's it's a creative outlet. I'm still I'm still totally. being an artist, which is great. And I do love being able to it's I'm making my show on my terms. And mm-hmm. that is amazing and i feel yeah. like i'm doing something that makes a difference in the world way more than if i had been performing in musical, yeah. random musicals in like upstate new york you know what i mean like so I'm, true i'm making i am making a difference and it feels really good uh, do you want to know what i don't like yeah that's what we're here <laughs> for absolutely bring yes. on the negative. you have nothing kind to say sit next to us i've mm-hmm. said it on my show to my audience, I am getting pissed off. And I just listened to you, uh, David, saying that you're, you are you know, you want the podcasters off of your front lawn. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what was the Podcasting front lawn? in general. I'm like, too many just podcasts. Too many. <laughs> but yeah. for me, it's not that there's too many. I'm getting pissed off at all these um, celebrities getting these huge contracts oh, yes. to make these produced and beautiful podcasts. Yes. They're great. They're amazing. Yes. But it's, it's making it even harder for us little independent yeah podcast and to pops, get yeah. traction you know yeah. like, it was the same way in the commercial voiceover world where like it was right. commercial voiceover actors I and also all of a sudden do voiceovers. Like, why is yeah. john i know but that's what i'm saying is like and then all of a sudden it's like why is john krasinski constantly doing allstate or whatever and then and then now there was no room for it yeah, yeah. No. Mm-hmm. no right exactly and um no. so it it just it makes me angry because then all the sponsors you know, mm-hmm. are like, mm, your numbers, you're too niche. We need like yeah. Rosie O'Donnell's numbers. I'm like, well, I'm not fucking Rosie O'Donnell. Right. And no. this is a, And also I'm Rosie a O'Donnell great... is not you. She's not bringing right. what you have. Right, right, right. Although yeah. I do love Rosie. I love, I love you, well, Rosie. Yeah, okay, shout out. Um, okay. She is my BFF. I, t- I have her, I have her number. She, I, I interviewed her 
And oh, um, nice. and um, I've had phone calls with her, and I text her sometimes, and sometimes she texts me back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which shows that it's a real, it's a true relationship. BFFs yeah. shows that yes. shows that. Um, Who but, we, you don't yeah. have to name names, but mm-hmm. who's been the biggest asshole? Yeah, guest. Oh, oh, what you want to know? Another. I have a yes. lot of pet peeves, but you want right. to know another pet peeve of mine? Mm-hmm. I've been okay, so I've been podcasting for a while now. Mm-hmm. I do have a following. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we have a good audience for for the genre that we're in, the niche mm-hmm. genre that I get told we're in all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and so I get a lot of pitches from PR agents for oh, their you're big time. To- you're classy. I mean, it's not. It's not classy at all. You know, for their client to come on my show and sell their wares, basically, like somebody oh, yeah. who mm-hmm. wrote a book or somebody has right. a, a parenting coaching business or somebody who of has course. like all these things, right? Yep. That, and they're trying to make money off my audience I, and mm-hmm. for yeah. free. For They're trying yeah. to get yeah. free advertising, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And for the longest time, I, I, have, I also have no shortage of guests. People are right in a lot and want to be on the show mm-hmm. because they want to tell their stories. We want to tell mm-hmm. our, our family stories yeah. because we don't have an outlet to tell them in. So I don't have a shortage of getting guests. That's not one of my issues. Um, but I was saying yes to a lot of these PR agents if they were, if their guest was aligned, if their guest was also a gay parent and, you know, and, and I, I started recently getting really pissed because you know, these PR agents are so rude. And then they'd be like, all right, here's what you have to include in the show notes. I, I didn't tell you you were getting oh. anything in the show fucking notes. Oh. Yeah. Like, oh. Excuse me? Like wow. so much. And can you please, and and writing back, once I say, that sounds like a great fit. I'm happy to have them on. Let's do a pre-call. You know, oh, well, can, I need to know your numbers first. Excuse me? Uh, you no? came to me, bitch. You yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm getting, I got really, really um, pissed. I'm getting so pissed at these PR agents. So I just uh-huh. came up with a plan that I, um, uh, they're not going to get free advertising anymore, basically. Good. Um, mm-hmm. Good. And You're the boss. Yeah. And then I'm probably going to stop hearing from the PR agents. I think it's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we can just trade our guests back and forth. <laughs> well, yeah. who's a gay parent, but who's a gay parent that you've always wanted to interview but haven't? Um, Wanda Sykes. Oh, yes. I fucking love her. I fucking oh, yeah. love that one. Let's tag team yeah, her, too. huh? Oh, my that God. That would be great. great. We should do it. That would be amazing. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried. She's very busy. She's very busy. Yeah. And also, she's one of those people I would be so nervous for. Like, I was so nervous for Rosie, too. Mm-hmm. Um, But, God, Wanda, I don't know. Like, whoosh. there's others. She she like, Brandy Carlisle. I would love to interview Brandy. Um. All of them. I want all of them. Yeah. I want to interview all of them. <laughs> well, let's. This has been fun. Like we talked about on your show, I could go on for hours and hours and hours with you, but we only have a certain amount of time. But I do want to end with one question that I like to ask everyone: Is like, how did you earn your parenting merit badge? I really. Oh my god, you guys. I mean, like I have thrown away so many poopy underwear in restaurant bathrooms. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have stunk up so many restaurant bathrooms with just poop all over my child. Mm-hmm. Like my child has pooped his pants in every public place possible. Every I olive think- garden within a two mile radius of your house has had your dirty underwear in it. The, the, my, my son's <laughs> dirty underwear have been in yeah. lots of garbages across New York City. That uh-huh. for sure. My son, oh, my son peed on the bus. Oh my God. My oh. son, ugh, we were on the way home from school. He was in pre K. 
And he gave me this look, and I'm pretty sure there was poop involved too. And all of a sudden, I saw pee running down the aisle of the bus. <laughs> like it was so much pee, and it was pooled in his seat, and then like dripping down off the seat, and ru- and it was oh. a crowded ass bus. And of I was course. like, "Oh my god, oh my, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, everyone." And I tried to get, I had like, did napkins. people notice? Yes, there was oh. so much pee. There was so much, and then we were getting off the bus too at the next stop. So I like grabbed whatever whatever napkins I had in my bag, and I like sopped it up as best I could. And I'm like, as I'm walking out of the bus, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, and I just left the bus. It was so bad, and I'm pretty sure he had poop in his pants too. So that was slowly. There was, oh, there was another time we were walking down the street and. <laughs> <laughs> pellets of poop were just falling out of his pant leg and i was like nice. ryan what is happening i don't know poop came out i'm like why is it coming out of your pants right now just pellets. little rabbit pellets yeah, yeah. why pellets. are you pooping like a rabbit yeah oh my god yeah oh, there's been a lot Listen, of that we, yeah, the we, bus we situation was tough i have yep. one question for you guys though Oh, wait a minute. Do we allow okay. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I do that? <laughs> you can yeah. cut this, but I really yeah. do want to know because you're two, your dads. Um, so, uh-huh. Please. Uh, so, we don't allow guns in gun, toy guns. Like, obviously, we don't mm-hmm. allow gun guns, but we don't allow toy guns in our ch- children's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't do okay. shoot. We don't shoot. We don't do pow pow. We don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very lesbian and also like maybe I'm stifling my little boy's like natural tendencies because he Violent is also tendencies. yeah well right exactly but he is also just like he gravitates to that stuff he gravitates to mm-hmm. guns he gravitates towards um all the things stereotypically you would say oh that's mm-hmm. so boyish right mm-hmm. um and we're I, like sometimes i'm worried that we're really like stifling a part of him like his violent side like you said but we were just with friends this weekend who are all about the guns for their boys and they have two boys and it's a straight couple they have so many freaking Nerf guns. I, so yeah. they were like for the entire weekend running around shooting each other. Like there was a 10 minute argument from the brothers about who shot who in the face first. And it was like every cringeworthy, like Anne and I mm-hmm. would just look at each other across the room like, oh my God. Oh my God. Like it's so much. This for is us why to straight people should not be allowed to have children. <laughs> I say this all the time. They should not have but children. Wait, so I, and then like, you know, like that argument of that the dads say of, well, boys will be boys and they need this and they need to get this stuff out. Like, mm-hmm. what, what are your gay takes mm-hmm. on this? Because I came home thinking, are we doing him a disservice? Like, do we have to allow some of this? Do we have to do this with like certain parameters? Like what, how do we navigate this shit? Like I'm really grappling with this. I don't know. First of all, the philosophical element of all of this is absolutely my jam. I mean, I definitely have a podcasting heart on (laughs) so bad for this to be able to go down a deep rabbit hole of what about human nature and Uh, we should have a bottle of wine to talk about it. But I will say personally, My entire parenting philosophy has always been no embargoes and teach your kids to deal with the world that's around them. Right. We, at first, I'm sure my partner and I looked at each other like, are we really buying a gun? The first time Mm -hmm. we bought a gun, uh, which was always a Nerf gun. And, um, and my kid, he went through a phase of like every single Nerf gun he wanted. And thank God they were kind of cheap. Like we never really went over $20, which was kind of nice because my daughter wanted much more expensive shit all the time. Of course. But, um. I don't know. It was a phase and he went so through. You we, are, it. we are 1 billion percent anti-gun. Yeah. But 
uh, anti-gun in life, mm-hmm. but it, it we kind of like got Parameters. steamrolled. A lot of our a lot of our parenting has been like, oh shit, we've just been steamrolled <laughs> by our children. We didn't well, see yeah. this coming. They already have whatever nonsense it is that they wanted. And then it ended up not being a big deal because we right. didn't make it a big deal. I right. Suppose. Well, now David? at this point, it's a big deal in my house because yeah. he, because he's obsessed with them because he never gets to get <clears> them. Yeah. Right. I so think my kids are some. too young for this, but like right. my, we are so anti-gun. Like I don't right. ever put me in charge. Don't ever let me be elected to office because I will I will take your guns. But yeah. um, I, I, I our kids are too young. I think at this point, but I think my philosophy is like absolutely not guns in the house, but also like even said like. Guns exist in the world, so we need to talk about them. But yeah. I'm I'm trying. This is so arrogant of me because I'm not there yet. But I'm trying to redirect all of that to like, okay, you want to be violent to hit people. We have like a stomp rocket thing where you put rockets down, mm-hmm. you like stomp and it shoots mm-hmm. it. And he loves shooting people with that. And that to me is like a weird redirect to where <laughs> so it doesn't feel like I'm pulling out a over hand guns. Gun. Yeah, and he has a bazooka instead. Yeah. Correct. That, yeah, I'm just, just yeah, yeah, exactly. I blasting them. Yeah, I'm how, I'm I'm giving him like a, a scientific lab so he can create a new super virus. No, but yeah. like uh-huh. I, I I yes, I I am so anti-gun, but I also want to be like Gavin said, like no embargoes and try to right. just maybe help redirect what if there is a violent tendency. He, my right. son does not. He likes to wear fucking Elsa dresses and and That's what I was I supposed carry, to get. So. I was supposed yeah. to get one of those boys, no. but I didn't. I was like, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to put a dress on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this no. does remind me of a. I have a. I had a philosophy teacher in high school uh, in college who was totally anti. I got, I went to school in Boulder, Colorado, so super hippie. Yeah, and um, I don't know that she was a lesbian, but you know, maybe she was. And she had a son and she said, we have no guns in our house. And then mean, we were talking about literally the, the um, human nature, the violence mm-hmm. in our human nature, again, a philosophy class of philosophy and society. And she said, and then all of my children, my son goes to the drawer with all of my, you know, wooden utensils and whisks and stuff. And then- he lays them out on the couch and he says, and welcome to my gun yeah. store would right. you like a bazooka or would you mm-hmm. like a glock or would you uh, like a yeah. nine millimeter so you're right. like human what nature do? what do you do and my son is it, like he'll take anything he'll take a pencil yeah. mom it's a gun yeah. i'm like no <laughs> we don't do that but <laughs> i think what we've learned is that our kids are broken and we should return them yeah, yeah. there's that it really so. is it really is crazy and then we sat them down and had a talk at dinner last night about how yes there were all the guns and this is why we don't really like guns and blah 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 but i i agree with you about the no embargo thing and like there's only so much you can ban right there's only mm-hmm. so much you can do yeah. and at some point you need to figure out a way to allow them to figure themselves out but also right. keep them like in check sort of yeah right? totally and that is always the yeah. struggle and yeah. I'm I, I'm just shocked and disappointed you're not a perfect parent, Jamie. So we're gonna have to end this interview because I'm this is just from... not. <laughs> wait, I am but... perfect. Wait, you didn't you didn't hear that from like classy? I, I am perfect. That's right. You're the one. perfect classy Bougie. parenting podcast. I drink wine. Um, you do. You drink wine. I'm classy. <laughs> Thank you so yeah. much for joining us on our stupid you, little podcast. Thank and you we for love doing you. This. And please, everyone, go check out the Queer Family yes. Podcast, um, hosted mm-hmm, by um, Jamie. And we love you. And thank you for coming by. Thank you. I love you too. And I love that thank you're you. doing the, your show. So keep keep doing what you're doing. Thanks so much. So my something great this week is something on your iPhone. So the most recent update, maybe, or maybe an update ago, I'm not sure, has a thing where if you take a photo of a plant anywhere, If you just swipe up, one of the options at the bottom, you know, you can change the contrast or you can adjust live photo. There's a lot of options. Now, there's a plant ID option 
on iOS and you just swipe up on your photo in your camera roll and you click on plant ID and it will wow. say, oh, that's a you know geranium or tulip or whatever. Wow. It's fucking incredible. I tried it on wow. so many plants and trees around my area. It totally fucking works. Wow. So anyway, that's why I said they great this week. I mean, I knew that there were apps out there, but I didn't realize no, it's, it had been it's integrated. It's embedded so in your cool. photos now. Yeah. I wonder what their mission in doing that is to like just educate the world or are we all that? I mean, I guess we do walk around in life thinking what I wonder what that is. That's very cool. I'm that yeah. is something great. Thank you for sharing. That is something My great. something great is um a personal thing where I have recently recently realized that uh my two kids enter the shower like their biological dads do. My son turns the water on outside of the shower, right? And mm-hmm. leans in and then crawls around the back of the shower after he's already turned the shower on <laughs> so that he doesn't get the cold water, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's very industrious of you. You figured that out on your own. Last night, I saw that my daughter, who is biologically mine, uh, gets in the shower, turns the water on, flicks the shower, and then immediately runs to the back of the shower and like holds her leg up so that she doesn't get sprayed for too long by the cold water. And that's exactly how I enter the shower. And I... That just made me, just made my day that um, they are following in our footsteps in unique ways. <laughs> and that's our show. If you have any comments, suggestions, or general compliments, you can email us at gatriarchspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram. We are at gatriarchspodcast. On the internet, David is David FM Vaughn everywhere, and Gavin is at Gavin Lodge, avoiding cold water wherever he can. Please leave us a glowing five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. And even just text us your actual review after you give us the five-star review online. And And your dick pics. (laughs) Thanks. And we'll... Joke here. (laughs) (laughs) Next time on another episode of Gatriarchs. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, feel free to listen to another or watch another. I have so many episodes for your listening or viewing pleasure. Just go pick one and and enjoy. There's a lot. There really is. And also, if you really do like this show, please, I know I say it all the time, but please do consider supporting the show on Patreon. You're just going to go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast. You're going to pick a tier. You're going to join and you're going to get that bonus content. And you're also going to get my love and adoration for the rest of my life. (laughs) I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Keep on tuning in and I'll see you next time. Mwah.